Hey everybody, it's Pastor Chip. Hope you're doing well. Here it is this evening. It's uh, almost 10 o'clock and I was getting, let the dog out and getting ready for bed and I'm like, man, I ain't done a podcast today. Well, then I got to thinking, what am I going to do a podcast on? Then I'm thinking, why didn't I do a podcast? Oh, well, I got sidetracked. So I said, or the Lord said, do a podcast on sidetracked. And you know, that is a good one to do a podcast on. Sidetracked. How many of us get sidetracked in life? How many of us get going during the day, go somewhere to do something, and get back home and realize you didn't even do what you set out to do? I do that quite a bit. And you can say, well, you should write down a list. And you know, that's true. I should write a list, but I hate writing a list. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I like to exercise my brain. And I think if we use and rely on our brain more, maybe it'll last us longer. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. But I lost a grandmother on my dad's side to Alzheimer's. And I lost my mom to Alzheimer's. I'm going to keep my mainframe doing as much mainframe activities as it can. But a lot of times in life, it's just simply getting sidetracked. It's not that we're really that forgetful. Maybe in my case it is because I've gotten older, but... um, I was going to say what they used to call it when... my grandparents, but see, I forgot what it was they used to call it back then. It wasn't Alzheimer's. But, um, you know, I'll get up, I'll go into town, I'll run a few errands, and I'll forget something. And I'll remember as sure as I drive up the driveway. Well, I'm not going back to town now. But, you know, the biggest thing that people have that, the experience that they get sidetracked from is you ever walk from one room to another you you get up and you think i'm gonna go into the other room and get something or do something and when you walk through the doorway you just can't remember what it was that you were going to do well i have the answer for you i can't remember where i saw it but i read it it was a Scientific, medical type thing. So here you go. They say that when you're sitting here in a room and your eyes are focusing and your brain is taking in everything in that room, your brain, your mainframe, your computer is taking in every item of everything and putting it in its place in your brain. And your body... When you walk around the room, you recognize and see and are aware of things in those places and, you know, where you step and what you're going to not trip over or what you want to pick up. Everything is familiar 
to your brain. So you're good with that while you're in that room. But when you step through a door into another room or outside or inside, they say your brain is suffers from a sensory overload or information overload. Your brain is like, well, it's just like sticking your head through a, another door. You know, there's a whole new room, a whole new world in that room that your brain is working gazillion miles an hour to process all that data so that your brain can function as you move into that room. You know where to step, not to trip, where objects are, where danger things are. Your brain is processing those items that fast that you, the minor thing that is not important, like going to get a pencil versus your safety in that room, what you're going to bump into or not bump into, trip over, pushes the pencil to the back because it's not that important and puts the survival mode things up to the front. So there you go. That is the reason that when you go into a room, you forget what you went after. Well, it doesn't make you feel any better, does it, when you forget things? No, don't me. But you know, let's tie that into the Bible. Let's tie that into the Scripture. I mean, that is what happens with us, right? I mean, it's what happened with me. When I was a young kid, you know, I was always underneath my parents' guidance, influence, instruction, control, as long as I lived in their house. And when I graduated high school, two weeks later, I was on a bus and I was gone off to the Army. I took off. I put North Carolina and the world as I knew it behind me. And then I went from Fort Jackson to Fort Benning to, then I, for a year and then back to Fort Knox and changed and went overseas for three years and and back to Fort Knox. I mean, I was gone. But what was I doing? My brain was taking in all those new things that I didn't get at home that I wasn't exposed to at home. Germany, bars, women, drugs, alcohol, mischief, fun, adventure, tanks, war games, old places. I love to visit old places. I mean, it was... It was all an adventure. It was all like a kid in a candy store. More like a kid in a toy store, right? My brain had sensory overload. And what was the least important thing for me in those years? And that was church. Church was the least important thing. You know, I had a good foundation. My parents... Had me in church all the time. I was involved in youth. And I um, RAs. Uh, we even helped with the girl stuff and their coronations. 
And I came from a big, relatively big town. We had a very large church and a lot of kids, a lot of youth group. We were always going and doing things. And but you know, it wasn't it wasn't my priority anymore because that was my parents' priority. And now my priority was to grab as much of the world as I could, to do as much as I could. You know, just experience life. And you know, I put God on the shelf. He went to the back of the shelf behind all the other exciting things and he became something that wasn't a priority in my life. And then, along the way somewhere, I met somebody and I let her influence me. I married her, and I shouldn't have married her. And I even knew when I married her, I shouldn't have married her. But again, the only reason we were in church was to get married. What kind of consecration of a marriage is that? If you're not, you're wanting God to bless your marriage, but you don't bless God with your attendance in church. Well... I guess that's the way it goes, right? I got sidetracked. Everything sidetracked me, right? Sidetracked for fun. Sidetracked with freedom and excitement and adventure. But you know, there's a consequence for all these things. There is a consequence. And I tell my children that and I tell young people that. You, you are writing checks... That your body has to cash. And sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow. And because of mine, because I did things the wrong way, didn't put God first, I suffered. I, I often tell my kids I'd worked hard and provided for them and Gave them the best that I could, but how much better would ha- would it have been if I had to put God first? If I had not gotten sidetracked? If I had lived and served Him and prayed for my spouse, that whoever she was, was that I would meet, that He would have brought me a godly woman. And I might have been... Uh, who knows, a colonel or a general or a sergeant major and might have had a good career, but as it was, I was following destruction. And all, all these things I'm saying is, in Matthew 7, he says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. You see, I went to the path that leads destruction. I went the way everybody else was going. Everybody else was partying and having fun and chasing women, and I was like, yep, that's that's where I'm going That church stuff is too hard. Now, they had churches on bases and churches at different places. I didn't care about church. I was away from my parents' control. 
I was leading the life of destruction. Now, I look back on my life. I am certain God had a hand in protecting me and watching over me. Some of the things I did, because I could be in jail or dead. But he delivered me to where I am today. I'm a slow learner. I caught on slow. But the things that I did along the way, the experiences that I got, the, the training, I guess you could say, prepared me for where I am today. They made me who I am today. They made me a person filled with experiences that I can use to relate to others. Now, everybody says, well, that's not necessarily true. But you know it is true. It doesn't matter what you're doing. God is training you. If you refuse His call and His grace, well, you're going to persevere, but it doesn't mean you're going to persevere smartly. You know, it doesn't mean you're going to find that gate that leads to life because he says there are a few who find it. You may have fun, but you're following the path that leads to destruction. You know, I mentioned that woman that I married, and uh, we were married 23 years, and the roughest 23 years of my life. But she used to say, I don't need church. I don't need to go to church. So look at those people over there. They got all those toys. They got campers and cars and a big house. and They go to the beach and the lake all the time. And they don't go to church. Well, we're all in the same pot. We're all going down the same path. We're all going down the same road to the beach on the weekends. But what is that? That's broad as the way. And it leads to destruction. Everybody's having fun. Chasing the devil. Chasing their fun and excitement and their kids. And But you know what? I'm here to tell you. It's not that hard of a sacrifice. But you can. You can. Go camping and go to the beach and. Go have fun. And you can go to church. How do I know? Because my parents used to take us camping to the beach every summer. We spent it in campgrounds and different places and doing different things. But they always found a church in the campground or nearby that we went to visit. We didn't miss out on church because we went to the beach. We made beach a part of our life around, around church-centeredness. We didn't make fun and happiness the priority of our life and put church off until it became convenient. We didn't get sidetracked. Now, I didn't know it at the time. I thought, you know, my parents were dragging us to church all the time, but they were instilling a foundation in us 
a foundation of Christ-centeredness. And it would pay off for me later in life. Now, see, when I met the wrong woman, did the wrong things, even though my I got married in a church, that doesn't mean my marriage was God-centered. It doesn't mean it was God-endorsed. It just means I got married and I used the church to bless it, which doesn't bless your marriage. It just puts the church name on the marriage license. But when we started having kids, I started feeling an emptiness. And then I started feeling a calling and a yearning. And I started taking my children to church. And I would get them up and include them in Sunday school and church events and gave them a foundation. And we, me and my girls would go trudging to church almost every Sunday by ourselves. Once in a while, their mom would go. She would make a showing at church and do her thing. And you know, I remember very specifically one time I was trying to get my youngest daughter up to get ready and go to church and she was fussing like kids do. And my ex was in there in the bed she wasn't budging. And she called me in there and she said, leave her alone. I go, why? She's going to church. And she said, I didn't go to church. Look how I turned out. And I said, exactly my point. So I insisted, persisted, and kept my children in church. And now... Both of my girls are raising their families in church. I remember also I got ordained as a deacon in a church. And she and the mother-in-law came to the ordination. And I don't know, there must have been a hundred people in that church. And they ordained me and took me down you know took me down front and kneeling bench and laid hands on me and ordained me as a deacon and several people came up to me and told me later that she and the mother-in-law were sitting back there laughing about me being ordained and you know it just Proved that much more that I was doing the right thing with my children and with my direction in my life. No matter what happened to my children or me, I'm responsible for my children until the age of accountability, and I have to account for me, and I have to make that path, that walk. And not get sidetracked. No matter who pulls you or pushes you or nags you to try and sway you and tell you you don't need church or 
you know, there's other things to do or camping or hunting or ball games. Narrow is the path that leads to life. You know, I mentioned my girls. They're going to church now. They're raising their children in church. And we talked about this before one time, and I told them when they got married, I said, you need to know that when you marry your spouse, that you know that you know that you know that day when you are standing at that altar, that there is nowhere else you should be, that this is exactly where you should be. If you don't know that and you can't say that, you should walk away. Because I said, I married because I didn't want to be alone. And my children suffered because of my sin. Then I come on down through the years and I become a minister. And my daughter... My youngest daughter asked me if I would give her away at her wedding, and I said, I, should, I would be glad to give you away. And she says, but Dad, I also want you to do my wedding. And I said, I'll be glad to do your wedding. I would be honored to do your wedding. And I had my buddy, Kevin, start the wedding, and I walked her down the aisle, And I handed her off, and I stepped around, and I did the ceremony. But I asked her right before the wedding. I asked both of them. I know you've been together for a while, and I know you're about to get married. But do you know that you know that you know that there is nowhere else that you're supposed to be today. That this is the person that you're going to marry. Do you know that? And they both said yes. And it was a proud day. Too many people are influenced by the world. They're sidetracked by distractions. They're like the squirrel, the dog that chases the squirrel, the, the birds and the squirrels and whatever to see the pretty flashing things. and All the distractions of life sidetrack us. Don't fall for the sensory overload. Don't let the world get you sidetracked. Remember where you are and whose who's you are. Because I'm here to tell you, it won't take but a second, not but a second for you to lose your life. And if you're not living for God, you can't, you can't get it back. There are no one year... 
no do-overs. You get killed by a drunk driver. You get electrocuted. You trip and fall down your stairs. You have a heart attack. You choke on a piece of ice or a pill or piece of food. It's over. It's final. And you will have been running down that broad way that leads to destruction. And you will have missed the narrow gate. This is Pastor Chip. I thank you for listening to me. I thank you for being a part of my life. And uh, please message me if you have any questions. You want to chat? Thank you for your prayers and your support. And good luck in the path that you choose in life.